So, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm Quentin Smith. And I'm Logan Dellinger. And uh, we make movies and stuff. It's the first episode. We still even need a name here. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it's going to be a podcast where we're just going to explain the thought process that goes into making films. Uh, we'll break down kind of our decisions, as well as just kind of general ideas and, and general stories that we have acquired over the years and will continue to acquire. And essentially, I think it'd be really cool for us to be making films and, and talking on the podcast and kind of going through, oh, we had this problem, we had this idea, this is how something changed, and just kind of showing the fluidity and, and evolution of a film as it's being created. You think we'll have uh, some other people on the podcast as yeah, well? Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Um, we'll see. We'll see. See how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And see how, I mean, I don't think we'll be able to carry a conversation by ourselves forever. We, I, well, I bet we, might, we could, actually. Yeah, actually, you know what? <laughs> Nobody else will be on this podcast ever. Uh, we might need to figure out a different setup for bringing in a third person. Yes, we would. <laughs> I have some really ghetto rigging going on in here. Um, so anyways, uh, the first topic that we're going to discuss today is how to critique your friend's film. Uh, critiquing films is, is something that's, I would say, an art in itself. Uh, when you watch somebody's film and they want notes on it, you, you can really, A, offend them pretty quickly, or you could not do that. Uh, <laughs> Logan came by yesterday. Uh, I've got a new film called 1234. And uh, essentially, I had him come come down to Anchorage to help me lock the cut. Um, and he gave me some really tremendous notes. So kind of t talk to me about what your th your thought process on how to critique people's films is. Sure. So you're right. Uh, critiquing a film is a crucial part of the process because you are, as an editor, you're locked in, in the room by yourself and you don't have any input from anyone else. Usually that's... That's a good thing until a certain point when you need a second eye on <laughs> yes. your project because eventually you'll just hit that wall. So, um, films are definitely made in like a total echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for months and months yeah. and months. I mean, pretty much a year, the better part of a year in a lot of cases. That yeah. It's, and, and on top of that, it's something that's so. Like, as I said earlier, it's always evolving. You, you, when you're writing the film, you've got all these different ideas as to, you know, there's, here's these concepts that you want to include. And then you get to set and you start shooting the film. And then you kind of recognize, well, those were some really fun ideas. Might not be super practical to, uh, to accomplish. Right. Um, so you're going to have to make a bunch of changes. And, and you're also going to have to roll with it. You're going to have to find you know the best ideas so people are gonna come with come to you to, with some ideas it's gonna be your job to figure out hey does this make the film better or worse mm -hmm. especially you know as a director that's exactly what your job is, is is to to find that yeah and then you know same thing you're gonna get into editing and you're gonna go well we shot it like this we you know we had planned this in the writing phase but yeah maybe it's not the best film that it can be until you start cutting stuff some around you know changing things out cutting this cutting that reorganizing this moving a clip here and there right uh you know it's very true what they say there's a there's a film you that right there's a one you shoot and there's one that you edit yeah so with that being said <laughs> you know it's it's very much a case where and it can be kind of hard to even people aren't going to say this Making films is fucking confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they will not admit this. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just running around thinking they know what they're doing or trying to 
give that essentially put that out in the world show that they totally know what they're doing but all you can do is just really hold on and, and, and ride the crazy train of right of improvement right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you came, as I said earlier, you came in 12, to, to watch 1234 uh, yesterday. You actually helped me organize my thoughts quite a bit based off of what the way you, you critiqued it. So essentially, I, before I cut you off earlier, <laughs> please continue with your thought process yeah. on, on how to critique a film. Yeah, so I, I mean, like you said, any movie that gets made is essentially made three times. So it's it, it's easy to kind of lose the, what you're trying to say in the movie, okay? And especially with like with your f- film 1234, it's very open to interpretation. It's got some kind of Kubrick sort of underlying kind of stuff. Thank, thank it's, you. It ha- a lo- relies a lot on <laughs> symbolism, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, so, so it's not really laid out to the audience as clear as like a typical Hallmark comedy would be or something, you know? So there's a little bit more thought into it. So in my opinion, I think it's really important for those kinds of films. A good critique would be, as an audience member, explaining what I'm getting from this movie. Like, I need to know... I don't really need to know what you're trying to say, because that's... I mean, that's important, but as an audience, this is where you're at with the cut. Mm-hmm. This is what is being said. Yeah, nobody, right? nobody's ever seen it before. <laughs> yeah. The majority of films, if somebody watches it, if someone's lucky, and, you know, you're lucky enough to have people watch your film, most likely they're not watching it more than twice. Right. They're going to watch it one single time. So what is it that they're going to take away from just that first viewing? Right, exactly. It's extremely important. And, like, at the end of your movie, this isn't a spoiler, but... If you had said, well, he was dead the whole time. And <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that does not come Doesn't across come, at all. Does not come through, exactly. <laughs> but if that was something that you needed to have known, then obviously there'd be some tweaking you'd it would have to be, do. It'd be vi- if that was vitally important to the film, if something, yeah. like a, some, a note like that, yeah. <laughs> I would be very important for Logan to tell me, well... You know, I'm not really picking up that he's, he's a dead guy here. Yeah, what can we do to get that idea <laughs> exactly. across? Exactly, and that and that's actually a, a beneficial that'd be a beneficial critique essentially. Right. It's it's and as I remember you were telling me yesterday, it's not about a lot of people come at you with these ideas on how to make it their film. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is what I would have done instead. Yeah, why wasn't the car you know a, a Mazda? Uh, I don't know. Why wasn't it flying? Yeah, exactly. Why isn't the the guy an Uber driver? Why isn't the guy an Uber driver? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you get into the territory of why aren't you making the movie I wanted to make? Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's how those are pro- bad critiques. And that's probably what the majority. I mean, honestly, I feel like that's what a lot of critiques kind of devolve into. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as absurd or, or whatever that, but a lot of it is very much this idea. It's like them wanting it to be their movie idea. Right. And and as a filmmaker, you pretty much want to go, you should go make a movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because this is my film. <laughs> yeah. And uh, really, the only kind of note you can do is, hey, here, the best kind of note you can give are... are exactly what Logan gave me yesterday. He said, you know, here are all these themes that I'm picking up. I Here's what this character's meaning to me. This is what I understand about their their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this, th- you know, hey, he, he's got these problems and he doesn't feel like he's done enough to fix them. But, you know, in, in reality, 
he's done all he could, so that makes yeah. him a worthy hero. Exactly. Yeah, and like watching the film, you you have to break down. You have to figure out what exactly is like because you've got one character. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, one main character. Yeah, really. exactly. And um, you so as an audience, you have to figure out a way to connect with them. But you have to relate to them in some way, and you have to figure out exactly why they are doing what they're doing. And once we've kind of figured out mm-hmm. what that was in your case, and I won't say it, cause I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but I mean, <laughs> I'm not too concerned <laughs> about spoilers. I mean, you know, it, it, in my opinion, for spoilers, like pretty much, let people get really upset about spoilers, and I'm yeah. always like, you know, and yeah, the guy's dead <laughs> at the end of Sixth Sense, but like, it's a really you know good movie throughout. Like, it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah, just because you know the ending doesn't mean exactly. I well, I know the ending. Why would I ever want to watch? It's like yeah. you. There's other things to enjoy about a movie. Other of, than, course, of course, but so you know, so, I'm not too worried about spoilers. But. I'll say this: his mother, the character's mother, yeah. is a very important part mm-hmm. of his story in this character, and so um, understanding the choices that you made as a director to film certain shots. Like, for example, you've got that cool close-up of the rearview mirror and you've got mm-hmm. that pendant yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. Like, now that we know, I'm, I'm letting you know that I'm getting that he's in turmoil, he's he's struggling to get over this issue that he has with his mother, and perhaps what if we, you know, what if we stayed on that close-up a little bit longer? Would that communicate this idea a little bit better and if it's a lateral move like we talked about yes, this yes exactly I mean if you want to talk about lateral if it improves Definitely. the film in, in any way then it should be in there in but it, it, as you were stating exactly <laughs> yeah. if, it's, if it's a lateral move one that is you know it might not be better but it's another decision at that point you should probably stop cutting it, and I, I, I think kind of just Coming right off that point, I think it'd be a great idea to, to essentially talk about when you know you're done with the film. Yeah. Films themselves are like babies or tattoos. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you know, the, the babies and tattoos are like the same thing, okay? <laughs> Just as permanent. Just as permanent. <laughs> Anyways, it's, it's pretty much your whole life to a certain extent for a long period of time. Something that you've been working on for, you know, for me, in in the case of 1234, pretty much about a year. Mm -hmm. About a year ago today, or around this, you know, in December of last year, um, I started writing it. And we filmed it in February. I had a cut together by April, and then I've essentially kind of been cutting it and kind of taking some time off as well in between April and and now where we're just finally locking it and about to send it to color correction, visual effects, and uh, music composing. Mm-hmm. It has taken, I, you know, honestly, I kind of had a hard time deciding on when to be done. And, and, and frankly, I mean, at a certain point, it kind of scared me to, to finish the film. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I decided, you know, the, the film is the best film it's going to be. It, it and you know it might get a little bit better, a little bit better, but it's at this point it's pretty much just decisions that only I would really ever notice. Most people are never gonna think about this shot more than passing the passing moment, right? Yeah. So it might be like a little tweaking here and there, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's gonna be about what people are are taking from your film. Yeah. And hopefully, they they find something in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What what's your theory on on when you should be done with a film? See, I, I struggle with that. Yeah, um, it's because, like you said, I mean, you work on these projects for up, you know, sometimes years, you know, and they become so so much of a part of you. And 
I think a lot of filmmakers are perfectionists. Oh, totally. And they hopefully, of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times, at least in my experience, filmmakers need to be told this needs to be done. Like, <laughs> uh, how many projects have you started? that don't have a deadline. Right. Do they ever get finished? They they will <laughs> eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think having a deadline really does kind of light the fire under oh, yeah. to to in the pressure to to get it done. And then whether or not you, you know, if it if if you have a deadline that's out of your control, then you, then you really I you have to like that's just how it is. Yeah, you don't really That's have a just choice. how it's going to be. I yeah. mean, I, I know for Sudsy Slim, you had probably about nine months to edit it, and, you know, the premiere was going to be in April. Right. There's a pretty hard deadline there. It wasn't like a whole lot of wiggle room. There was a <laughs> lot of coordinating going on to, yeah. you know, get this film in, in theaters and get it showing. Right. And, you know, getting people to come out and see it. It was just about after we finished shooting at Sudsy in July or August, actually. August, August yeah. of 2017. We knew that it was going to be premiering in that April. Yeah. We didn't know the day specifically, but... It was pretty clear. Yeah. You have until April. Yeah. <laughs> pretty. I mean, and, so, and by April, it's got to have to be pretty freaking close to it if you're not yeah. there. And we didn't have our rough cut until, I think, January. Yeah. So, but I mean, getting back on point, I don't, I don't really think it's... Man, it is hard to, to mm -hmm. finish any project, really. And it... When you start getting into frame here and frame there, I mean, you're really approaching the end. And yeah, I feel totally. like I feel like you're getting really close to that too with twelve thirty four. Yeah, we're we're just messing around with fourteen frames here. <laughs> yeah, like, legitimately yeah. fourteen frames here moving. Exactly, Quentin. What are what are some of the the critiques that do not help you at all? <laughs> oh boy, when people are trying to help, but uh, it doesn't work out that way. Honestly, I, I got a. I I sent the film to a good amount of people. It's funny. Some of them like don't send anything, <laughs> almost anything at all. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll check it out. Never watch it. Yeah. Like thanks. <laughs> uh, you didn't have fifteen minutes. I get it. <laughs> An unhelpful note that I've gotten in the past <laughs> is more the technical stuff. Oh yeah. Like hey, so the dialogue was kind of quiet right here. Yeah. Are you gonna fix that? You know, and that's that's something like, yes, of course, we're going to fix those audio right. issues, those kind of fine-tuning, final detail stuff, of course. But, like, when you're showing a, a rough cut of a movie, you're, you're looking for the broad strokes of it. Yes, like, exactly. You, you, you want to make sure your story's making sense. I mean, this is the bigger picture. We're not really focusing on spelling errors yes or like... exactly this shot was kind of wonky <laughs> yeah exactly the wide is too wide yeah. the color looks off there yeah i mean it's so like... and, and these are things that you literally have to lock the you have to lock the cut for people that don't know what a locked cut is it's, it's essentially you're making it so you will not be editing anymore everything else is finalizing the film yeah and there are certain departments that don't start until that is that is done because it'd be redundant work it'd be a waste yeah. of, of everybody's time turns out all that cg we did we cut that scene yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah no exactly a waste like, of resources um, and time your visual effects artists will slit your throat because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they spent 50 hours on yeah. it and you just decided you know i don't really care about it yeah exactly, uh, <laughs> exactly. so yeah notes like the audio is kind of quiet here. The color correction's bad. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm having a hard time 
I, I don't know. Scene. <laughs> the last time we did a, a rough cut screening for, for Sudsy, I had a bullet point list of things that I announced to everybody of things I was already aware of. Right. I'm aware the sound isn't perfect. <laughs> don't, talk, don't tell me anything about that. I know that. I'm aware. I've had so <laughs> many clients come back to me and go, the audio is kind of hard to hear here. I'm like, yes, that is the final thing, as I stated in my email, <laughs> yeah. that I will do. Yeah. Audio is the f- audio and color correction. It yeah. will be done. Exactly. <laughs> the most important thing when, when showing the film to, to people to get feedback is essentially just making sure that what you want to say is being understood exactly. by the audience. Exactly. And... It's okay to have interpretations. It's like, it's okay to say, well, you know, Quentin, actually, what if he was dead? It's like, okay, well, what makes you think that? Well, and then you kind of back up your point. Exactly. Film is art. Art is interpretive. Very subjective. <laughs> yeah. So that's totally fine. But if, you know, there's obviously, there's some things that need to be communicated more clearly than others. Yeah. The other day, I came in here and, and thought that the most, the best notes that you could be given at this point are things that you need to know that are being communicated in your film because it, it goes through three different versions. Mm-hmm. You write it, you film it, you, sh- you edit. And my brain <laughs> is the most biased party who will ever watch this film. I have known every, I know every single thought mm-hmm. has gone into every single decision yeah. for the past year. And it's, for me, it's like, it's it's essentially, it's it's a big cluttered yeah. uh, uh, of ideas and, and concepts. And a lot of it has, has, as we say, you know, has really evolved from something totally different. And Logan coming in here and going, here's what's coming across is exactly what I need to know. And and honestly, it relieved the shit out of me. I was <laughs> so, I was like, okay, this is, there's yeah. clearly, it's, it's a different movie, but at the end of the day, it has the same heart of the film that I was trying to create right. last December. Yeah. And ex- those are the exact notes that you, that you want to hear. You want to hear that your film is coming across because, I mean, honestly, I mean, the majority of people aren't going to notice any like minor technical issues that, you as a filmmaker do know about yeah. and like stand out like a you know a sore thumb it's so obvious yeah especially when you know oh yeah this person i was dealing with was remarkably difficult <laughs> uh yeah. and you've got that in your brain while you're also watching the film it's it's honestly kind of hard to just focus in on the scene scene to scene because you're just so focused on all these different things but yeah. having somebody come in with fresh eyes is, is so vital to extremely extremely vital to the film I, yeah it's only going to get better and because at the end of the day i mean if it's your film you want it to be the best it can be exactly okay and and it's important to understand that if you're showing that to somebody to get feedback you have to be in a place emotionally <laughs> to, to take criticism it's, oh yeah because you need to be able to take it uh professionally not personally if somebody doesn't like something, okay, sure, it, it it they'll hopefully they'll tell you because that's what you'd want to hear anyway. Yeah, no, you don't true. want to be completely just lied to. The worst thing, oh my god, when you're showing a film, is when people come up to you and they go, "I really liked the the color in the cinematography." Like, <laughs> thank you, yeah, thank you for your yeah. your very. I appreciate you telling me you liked the film. 
That's a very polite thing to say. <laughs> right. Uh, generally, you, you want them to go at some big concept. They're like, well, I really liked how, you know, your character's kind of this representation of, of mm-hmm. self-hate or, you know, something yeah. like that. Right. You, you really want somebody to get at the, the general concept, the broad strokes, as you say, yeah. uh, of what the film's about. You don't want them to just pick out two things, <laughs> two words. <laughs> at the very top of at, the movie. Yeah. yeah, like, and it's, it's stuff like, okay, like, I pre- yeah, I agree. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It's very nice of you. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I get criticized for the nighttime color of Moose the movie. I, I have okay. watched Logan. I I have watched him. I've pe- I mean, I've been around for like, I feel like a hundred times I, people talk about <laughs> the nighttime color. I've never said a word about it. Yeah. I think it, me per, me personally, I think it works very well with with the way you were completing that film. It, it, I think it fits very much with the with the overall yeah. uh, just feeling of it. I, it right. makes sense. I feel right. like it was a natural decision. Right. It was a, it was a bold choice, I would say. But yeah. for those that haven't seen the movie, the it's Alaskan comedy, uh, low budget creature feature, creature feature written by Pretty, Tundra Comics Chad Carpenter. Kind of wonderfully campy. Yeah, wonderfully campy. We are we were very aware of the type and tone of movie that we were. We made the the movie that we wanted to make. We were aware. We weren't trying to go over the, crazy over the top with it, but. A lot of the movie takes place in the nighttime, and as you know, nighttime in Alaska in the summer it does not happen. It, yeah, it doesn't really get dark. So how do you really, <laughs> it, you know, how do you convey that without your image just looking kind of muddy and yeah. gray? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the, the, you're gonna have to do day for nights, and exactly. they only look so good if the sun's like out. Yeah, not looking good. Exactly, not looking good. So the choice there was to make it kind of purplish, and I had recently watched uh, Mad Max. It's uh, a great film. 2015 came yeah. out. And, uh, and they do uh, more of a bluish day for mm-hmm. night. And I thought, if they do day for night, yeah. why can't we? Right. Of course, we don't have the budget they do <laughs> to make it look nearly as good. <laughs> if Fury, Fury Road can do it, why can't we do it? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. But all this to say, like what you said, the mm-hmm. color notes and everything, it was a, it was your decision. It was it's your it was film, yeah. and it was it was a good decision because it was a your decision, <laughs> yeah. and it I mean it, it truly does fit with the film itself. It right. makes sense within the body of work. Right. However, people for some reason have a problem with <laughs> some people just have a problem and, and like to comment about how they would have done the color differently. Like <laughs> neat, go make a film yourself, bud. Yeah, you can make moose too. Yeah, <laughs> they can't though. Right. <laughs> It's, I think it's important to to be able to take criticism. Oh, totally. Professionally. And, and and I think you did it really well yesterday because, I mean, at the, going through the whole movie, yeah. the biggest notes I had for 1234 were really just in the beginning third. Yeah. And just tightening that up a little and, bit. And I was, I was like, pretty much, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to think anything. I haven't already thought about it in some kind of form. Yeah. And ultimately, in the day, I, you know, I really would like honest feedback. I don't want somebody to sit there and just be quiet and and not have any opinions about how I can improve the film. If if you can't take honest criticism or honest feedback, I mean, it's going to be really tough for you to make a film because there's nothing more democratic than a film. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people will like it or they will not like it or, you know, they might just kind of whatever, but... Yeah, and it's like... Tact is kind of key. Tact, yeah. Also, because 
you know, I, I read one time that Martin Scorsese and his editor, they they have like this all gloves are off kind of attitude when they're in the <laughs> editing room. Like they say whatever they it comes to their head, whatever, and they're just ruthless in there. Which yeah. I can under I can see that like being beneficial to some mm-hmm. degree. But that's Martin Scorsese. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah we're that's... we're not that level. And I don't want somebody judging my film as if they would judge Martin Scorsese's film, because <laughs> yeah. that's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, an example of a note that probably wouldn't really help you yeah. would be, Quentin, I don't... Uh, this line in here sucks. Yeah. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> okay. And it's and at the same time, it's like, I'm like, you don't think I already hate myself for my dialogue? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. When you start getting into, like, personal attacks, yeah. you're not really being helpful. No. Oh. You're just, you're criticizing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could say, if something's unclear, if you don't like something, yeah. you could ask the director or the filmmaker and say, what were you uh, trying to communicate here? Mm-hmm. And then they explain it. And you say, well... I'm not understanding that because of this reason. I don't exactly. really like the way this line was delivered. Mm-hmm. Or this line doesn't really make sense to me uh, for this reason. Uh, and I think I think you had uh, one note where you're saying, I think it maybe should be something else because yeah. you you asked me, like, what was the purpose of this of this line? It's towards the end of the film. Yeah. And, I, and what I had realized is that originally the point of that line was very different than what I needed to be at this stage in the film. Right. I essentially, about a month ago, I kind of watched the film after kind of taking about a month off from it and went, you know, I'm not so sure this whole mom B story is coming across very well. Mm -hmm. So I added about this minute voiceover track to start the film. And I actually, I think it sets it up pretty well. Much better. and, And kind of honestly explains... Uh, the heart of the film, and as well as the in mo- the final monologue, I think both of them. It's kind of nice, like bookend mm-hmm. kind of reflection of the beginning in, in in a lot of regards. But before I had that voiceover in it, this one line was writing a lot more importance because it it was originally kind of am- ambiguous. Yeah, and then once. And, you know, it's like, as I was saying, it's, my brain is so biased; it knows every single thing. And I, and I, at the same time, I, I, it just, it turns out, I do do not need this line to convey this same thought anymore. Right. And as you were saying, really, all all it needs is is to be grabbing this character's attention. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't need to have all this weight behind it anymore. Right. Originally, I felt a lot of pressure to to explain the the film in this in this final scene through this voice. But it turns out, you know, I don't really need to do that as much anymore. Yeah. So you asked me what my what my thought process was there. What's the purpose of that? What's the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. And I explained that. And then I honestly, him just asking me that made me kind of churn my wheels in my brain a little bit more and kind of recognize, you know, this was originally my thought, but now I really kind of realize I don't need it. It's really hard to do that with with dialogue. Yeah. Especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, exactly. You just asking me that question made a, made a massive difference. Right. And that's part the thing too about when you are in a room editing your project for so long you get used to the way things are exactly and you get comfortable with the way things are to the even if even if you're not super happy with exactly it. yeah yeah you're able to like just let it let it mm-hmm. go you know but sometimes that's not always a good thing when it comes to uh, showing your film to somebody else because they might not be understanding or they might not know something that you do because you were there. They probably don't. <laughs> like, like for example, one one 
issue that you had was connecting the interior to the exterior of the right, car. Exactly. You were there on set. Yes. Yeah, so I was not. We were shooting essentially. It's it's a. a most of the film is is two characters riding around in a car at night. You don't when you're filming this, you don't actually go on the road. Sometimes you do, but you typically do not just go on the roads and film for 12 hours driving. Yeah. You would you would do it in somewhat of a studio setting. Yeah. It'd be much and it's a much more controlled environment and better for audio. You can you can it's just easier to kind of manage that. However, you still need all these. I still need all these exterior shots to connect a lot of plot. Right. And essentially, you know, they need to be. There needs to be shots from outside. Yeah, exactly. To, for the film to make any sense. Exactly. But I was watching these. I was on set every day, and we and, and actually we ran out of time on the first three days we're filming it. We didn't have time to shoot any exterior, so we came back, shot uh, some pickup shots uh, the next week. And watching them, and, and it's it was partly during the day, mm-hmm. essentially. So watching it, it's just really hard for me to like disconnect myself from all my knowledge about the the behind the scenes. Yeah, and I and I it just felt like to me that the exteriors and the interiors don't connect. Yeah, yeah. And then as an audience watching it, I don't have that you know link to the inside and outside that that you have. I just am watching it just for the story, and yeah. I don't have that problem. And and, that, and just hearing him say that, I was like, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's one less thing you need to really worry about because exactly. the the point and the ideas that you're getting across in the scenes, because you go in and out between the yeah. inside and outside the car quite often, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be as explained as maybe you feel it had to be. Right. Which is a huge thing when it comes to filmmaking and telling stories is. I feel like we often tend to over-explain things. And and, and you don't want to do that. I right. mean, films are, are so much about showing, not telling. Exactly. Less is more. Less is more. And it's kind of hard to figure out where the suspension of disbelief line is. Right? Yeah. Where is that? Where, what will the audience accept and buy? And what are they going to be annoyed by? Right. By, hey, what's, what's up with no information about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with comedy... I feel like the audience is a little bit more forgivable mm-hmm. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Sure. You can kind of get by with continuity, plot, whole kind of stuff, minor stuff. I yeah. mean, everybody's going to, everybody's a critic. If it's if it's funny, people yeah. are going to laugh. Yeah, exactly. It's just a more forgivable kind of atmosphere as opposed to doing something like a drama. Yeah. Which, which, what kind of genre would you say 1234 is? I would I've been calling it a science fantasy is what I've been calling science it. Science fantasy. Which, uh, if you look that up, it's kind of a thing, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, my uh, the way I like to kind of picture it is, is somewhat like a lot of Stephen King books where it's kind of this thing that seems like it's based in reality, mm. but then there's this turn that kind of jets it off and go, well, this isn't really like the universe that we live in. Yeah. You know? Uh, so that, I feel like that's where a lot of my films are, are kind of lay in that kind of route but I mean before anything I'd call it a drama okay which uh, you know uh, it's very important things make sense and I do agree the audience is is less forgiving and I mean it makes sense too I mean drama is very contingent on uh, you know certain qualities like suspense and you know you have to care about the characters to a crazy level for to to feel what they're feeling and and you know if it's a drama you don't care that they're sad 
right. then you really have not made a good film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, the, you know, it's something that you need to attain. Yeah. It's something like comedy, exactly. It's it's a little bit more forgiving in, in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Especially quality-wise. Right. I feel like you can get away with less strong, mm-hmm. or, or I should say, you can get away with weaker performances okay. in comedy, Sure, in my opinion, because uh, some of those characters in comedy are a little bit more flat, a little more <laughs> 2D, whereas drama, I mean, you're really trying to understand and you're really with this, with a character. Yeah. And so certainly the, the, the performances need to be stronger, the directing needs to be stronger, and, you know, I, I've always thought that you can have a great joke that's written or you can have a great scene that's written or a really dramatic uh, sequence in a movie, but it's meaningless if you can't capture it properly. Yeah. I mean, it is completely meaningless. (laughs) You can have the greatest performance of all time, but if you don't capture it right, then it's worthless. Exactly, yeah. And so I think... Uh, I have not done a, a drama before. I've, I, I've no doubt you're 100% <laughs> able to do it. I, I'm still I'm staying in the comedy realm, I think, for a while until I have the confidence. Well, here's, here's what I just said. You're a tremendous <laughs> co- comedic director. So, I mean, you know, play to your strengths, hey, obviously. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm, I have no doubt you could really, really do a great drama. Well, I, I appreciate that. But we'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut the call. Any compliment we have towards each other, cut. we'll just cut yeah. it out. <laughs> but like for you, for example, for twelve thirty four, you brought in a really talented mm-hmm. local actor, Bradford Jackson. Yeah, and you tremendous. Know, yeah, he's he's been around for a while, and mm-hmm. he's a really talented guy for sure. So, it, how do you handle cutting around performances in like a drama piece? Because I mean, as you know, you can make or break a right. performance in the edit I think the key and I really didn't have any trouble doing this at all with Bradford I, I thought I think what the most important thing when you're editing is making sure you're getting the right coverage based off of the meaning okay you have this line right is this line about the person who's saying it or is it about the person who's receiving it that's that's a good way good place to start uh, is it about how their person's going to react to this line is it what how what this means to the person behind the behind the line that they're saying it and i think a big thing about drama is making sure you're getting the right reaction shots mm-hmm. and that was something i i was very fortunate with with bradford he's a tremendous actor i didn't have to go fishing very much for these shots mm-hmm. um here and sometimes i was like well okay I need. I just want this to be a little bit more powerful. So you might you might f- go searching a little bit in coverage of. Hey, I'm looking for this moment where his eyes are just kind of like mm-hmm. defeated, right? Yeah. And you have to. You can go find that. Right. Uh, I, but I think just traditionally, I mean, I think the most important part of editing a drama is just making sure you're getting the right coverage and making sure you're reading what's going through the the character's head based off of what's happening. Right. In comedy, I, what would you say is the most important thing about cutting? <laughs> Definitely, I mean, they say uh, comedy is drama plus timing, right? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, timing is, is one of the most important oh, parts. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, with any story, any genre, rhythm is important, mm-hmm. and, and comedy has very much a bump set spike kind of rhythm or establish the joke you need Mm -hmm. to set it up and you need to execute it properly and sometimes that's just simple dialogue jokes Mm -hmm. and just the banter back and forth and and kind of making the the lines as punchy and it cuts as quick as you can 
Uh, and sometimes that's just a sound effect. Sometimes yeah. it's subtlety. You know, sometimes it's that's something I actually really enjoy about your films. Your use of sound effects. I'm <laughs> every single time I, we we've watched Sudsy. Nobody, I feel like nobody else laughs at this. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this joke where essentially he he did this in Moose as well, where it's like. He'll cut to like a wide shot, or it's just kind of like an awkward moment, and he'll just put like a bird, like <laughs> just a raven, just a raven, you know, cawing. <laughs> yeah. And every time, me and Logan, I swear to God, we just crack up. And that's right. <laughs> one of those things. Like I, I love stuff like that, and I don't know. It's one of those hidden character kind of things. Yeah, like that's, it's it's a really easy cameo to put in any comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many comedies are out there where there's an awkward moment? Yeah. And if you're outside, which in this case, both awkward moments were. Yeah. I mean, just a crow in the back or a raven just cawing. You cut to this. It's this awkward moment. You cut to this like massive wide shot. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but I mean, that kind of stuff, I mean, is for the person that can appreciate that kind of stuff. Right. Of course. Comedies and dramas, they're so layered and you have, Mm -hmm. you can have so much stuff in there. Uh, There was an early cut of Moose the movie where that our two characters are looking at the town for the first time and they're having just a basic dialogue and one character is just describing to the other what the town is about right but i had layered in the background you never saw any of this but i had layered this sound effect of a chainsaw and you could tell that this guy was cutting this tree and he was cutting the tree down and he's just and the, it's cutting through the tree and the tree's starting to crack it's starting to break and it falls but it falls on top of the guy and you hear the guy screaming and then you hear this oh no like there's a crowd of people watching and you can hear them like walking over to him and everything and that's all going on in the background of this dialogue yes but that's another thing that I really love about your, your films like, is they there would be like this other thing going on. I think in Sudsy there's this scene where uh, it's the two bad guys are, are trying to corp naps this this outlaw. Yeah. And while all this is going on, you can hear in the background there's like these two or three townspeople <laughs> Debating very, very seriously uh, what types of pizza, different <laughs> types of pizza, like yeah. Chicago I mean, or New York style. He's like, "What you just say to me?" <laughs> but I mean, you know, ultimately that moose sound effect scene thing didn't work out. We ended up scrapping it. But you know, stuff like that. I mean, even in in twelve thirty four, you've got some pretty cool like if you pause the movie like we joked about <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is what people notice in the BuzzFeed article yes, that comes in, out 10 years from now in the BuzzFeed article <laughs> when you actually dissect yeah. something frame by frame like oh I didn't notice that one small little thought yeah. you have this cool scene or it's a shot of a book yeah right? and it's the back of the book and it's mm-hmm. from 2010 2010 A Space Odyssey Space Odyssey which my is... favorite film for, and, and I love the books as well but yeah <laughs> and, and you you kind of paused it on that and, and showed me like even the lines the, the text on the back of the book are significant to what's happening in the story at that time and that shot lasts for less than five seconds maybe and you know nobody is going to <laughs> look at it right but but that's the level of detail that, as a filmmaker, you are, you want to put everything you can into this. Right. And so, why do you feel compelled as a filmmaker to to put those kinds of detail in your stories? I think so. My most of my favorite filmmakers, it, it are the people that you watch their films and you literally want to like know everything that goes behind every little shot. And Stanley Kubrick is obviously my favorite director, and he was so like attention to detail crazy 
Like mm-hmm. people hated him, kind of working <laughs> with him, because he everything had like all this deep hidden meaning behind. It. I I think that's a great thing to to try to uh, to accomplish. I'm obviously working my way there, <laughs> but it's it's honestly one of my favorite things to to do with the film. As you're talking about the the shot with the book, we actually actually shot that shot already, and then I watched the daily of it, and I know, and it was just some random book that was in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was like called oil or something like that, and I watched the shot and I go, you know, I could actually take this out and put something in here that'd be meaningful. Yeah, it's something that I I really enjoy about the film, and it might not be anything that, I, well, I, I would I would assume it's it's mostly things that nobody would ever notice. However, I kind of look at it as, as as a little signature of my craft. Yeah, it was actually funny. You were talking about it yesterday, and you said you called them uh, little brilliances, and then you <laughs> restate that. Go well, craft, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious that you rescinded the brilliance comment. <laughs> yeah, let's take that. I guess bring it down a notch. Uh, well, it's a signature craft, and I mean, but I, I, I was I was thinking about that last night. I actually yeah. thought it was very funny, <laughs> but it's true too. It's it's it is a good good way to. to Determine craft and and yeah. all the, and the same thing with you where you ha- you've got these tiny jokes going on in the background of dialogue yeah. that you or probably will miss right but it, you're putting it there because you enjoy it yeah and it, it gives the film deeper meaning or a, a deeper uh, kind of idea going on than what's at the surface right right. So here's what I'll say. This has been whatever the name of this podcast is. <laughs> That's their name. Whatever the name of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Filmmakers are, I feel like it's tough with, we have tough times with names of things. It's very important to get right. It took me about, it took me about 10 months to get 1234 to be called 1234. Oh, wow. It was, yeah. it was some other stuff. Yeah. A lot of different things <laughs> until I finally yeah. came to an answer. But yeah. we'll, we'll call up the name of this podcast and, uh, Essentially, this is kind of the kind of thing you can expect. We're just kind of talking about uh, our ideas and thoughts and uh, feelings. And if you like that, then that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let us know, I guess, uh, if, if there's any topics that anybody yeah. wants to hear about. Entirely. I mean, uh, we could just ramble on about anything for a long time. But, we uh, typically do. <laughs> yeah, typically do. But, uh, yeah, um, love to hear some thoughts. If anybody has an idea of if, if something they'd like to hear about or questions they might have for yeah. the products going on in the industry or things that are happening. Absolutely, and anything that you you might want to know a little bit more about, uh, especially, you know, people just getting started out, we'd love to, to help and, and just let us know what, what your thoughts are. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna say the exact same thing Logan said, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening. Yeah, have a good one, everybody. Sex noises, sex noises, sex noises. <laughs> Let's have a constant, like, (laughs) blast for it in.